If you've ever wondered how to keep yourself and your kids happy, healthy, and strong for life, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome to Move Better with the Cheer PT. I'm Laura Turner, a physical therapist and a strength coach, also a former cheerleader and cheerleading coach, and I'll be teaching you how to embrace movement, fitness, and a healthy lifestyle so you can keep up with your kids, reduce injuries, and have fun in all aspects of your life. Thank you for listening. Cheers to you. Now let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to Move Better with the Cheer PT. Today I have with me Kathy Murray, who is a former uh, Ohio State University cheerleader and um, the author of the Munich Cowboys Cheerleaders. And she's also a fitness instructor. So I'm very excited to have you on and talk all things cheerleading and fitness and all of the above, Kathy. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, so tell me a little bit about your, your own uh, cheer journey and wh- where I paused in the beginning and I said Ohio State University. I always want to say the Ohio State University because yes, I know that the, that's, yeah, the is yeah. important. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I know you were on a national championship team back in 1983. Yes, um, I was. So tell me um, about so your, yes, yeah. I, I've been cheering, you know, started cheering at, um, for me, a young age. Now the cheerleaders are starting so much younger. You I know. know right? Young back then was like 12, which is when yeah. I started. <laughs> now it's like five, you know, right. six. Um, so had cheered all the way through, you know, high school. Um, I had to make that transition like a lot of um, ladies where you go from an all-girls team in, in high school and you're the base to being a middle flyer in college. Um, I had never stunned it until I uh, got to um, to college. Um, so I had to really learn a lot of things, you know, being up in the air, holding, um, you know, other, uh, 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 the, the flyers, tumbling, you know, at, uh, at Ohio State back then, the girls had to tumble, you know, it was none of this dancing and the guys, yeah. you know, tumbling in the background, which was most right. of the universities were doing. And they were like, oh no, you have to do back handsprings. And so trying to learn gymnastics at a later date was, um, but you know, I had always been watching since I was young, uh, Ohio State and, and going to the games. And I was like, I'm going to be down there. So I just did what it took. The first year I didn't make it, which was not really, and it was my first time not making it, but it was like, wow, I went through two days, 200 girls competing for seven slots and I made it to finals. So I thought, okay, if I can make it this far, and you know, they said, look, everything is great. You just need to get the, the gymnastics down. So I went back and the, the next year and, and improved my uh, stunting and my gymnastics. And then I was on, on, on the team. And then my last year there, um, we went to Hawaii. It wasn't a, a, a sit-alone show like it is now. We were competing at the Hula Bowl Live. And um, so that was just an incredible experience being on a collegiate uh, championship team. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and and it's, it's amazing to me how, because uh, I was at Northeastern in the late 80s and nine, early 90s, and we, we were the first team from Northeastern to compete. Um, and it's just so amazing to me, the difference of how competition was back then to where it is now. Um, And that, you know, it's just, it's, it's like, and you said the same thing from high school to college and then watching that, that evolution grow is just, that's amazing and crazy. The stuff that's that, that we as pioneers have brought to the program. Exactly. Yes. So um, after uh, your collegiate career, uh, you were in, you did a, I thought this is really cool because I had ever, actually never heard of it or seen it, but um, an aerobics competition? Yes. A competitor? Uh, then, yes. Then they were in the uh, late 80s, they started this national competition called um, the Crystal Light National um, Aerobic Championship. And you competed in regions. One, one of our, my teammates, Madonna Grimes said, she was in New York at the time. She had graduated. She was getting her master's at uh, NYU. And she said, hey, there's this competition. Well, the other team member, Judy, she was um, on, uh, we were roommates um, our last year in college. And she, uh, Madonna said, hey, they have this competition. So we didn't even know what it was about. But we looked at it and said, okay, you had to have compulsory kicks and jumps and that, that type of thing. 
And um, so we just took a shot and went for it and um, went to New York and competed and ended up winning regionals, which was, we were like a fish out of water because we were just like in a unitard <laughs> with little bottoms and people had sequins and, and we were like, oh my gosh. But obviously our routine was good enough to, to move to the nationals, which was uh, at uh, NBC studios in California. So we ended up winning the team category. They had a team, individual, and mixed pair. And from there, we traveled all over the United States. Um, and we, we went to Japan also to represent General Foods with Crystal Light. And then it ended up becoming the United States Aerobic Championship. So that was awesome to go from college right into aerobics, aerobics. you know. And because uh, after I stopped cheerleading, I said, let me check out this aerobic class. And as you know, cheerleading is so anaerobic. So when I did my first class, I'm falling on the floor thinking mm -hmm. I'm in shape. I'm a cheerleader. Yeah. How am I not be able to like finish this class? So of course I like a challenge. So mm -hmm. I started teaching and my roommate at the time was a grad assist for the lady that directed the aerobic program at Ohio State. And so I started the training and became an aerobics instructor that led to the Crystal Light uh, Championship, which inevitably took me to Europe, but, but I did go into corporate in between, in between that. So how did you make that transition, um, not uh, from you know, leaving the corporate world to going to Europe and doing the fitness and, and how did that transition? Okay, um, well, I, from, um, I had always continued to teach group, group fitness even when I went into medical sales. And so, you know, in the evenings I would still teach, have my classes in the studios and the gyms. And um, I think after probably about four years, I was just not cut out <laughs> to be a corporate girl. I, I, I think that medical sales was perfect for me because I'm not a desk sitter. I, I couldn't go to in and, and sit at a desk. So, I was able to travel around to different hospitals and see different people and then you know work from home. So that was great, but I just I, I just really love fitness and I just thought, okay, you know what? My again, my my teammate Madonna Grimes kind of saved me because she was an international star and she was teaching all over the world. And she said, Hey, I have a job. We need a aerobics instructor for Japan. And I said, okay. And she said, but it's going to be for a month. And I said, you know, I don't even know how I had the nerve to talk to my boss about going <laughs> to Japan for a month. She looked at me like I was crazy. Like, no way you can be out of your territory for that long. So I told Madonna, if you could find me something for two weeks where I could take vacation, I'll do it. So then she came to me later and said, okay, I have a job for two weeks. It's, it, it covers it's Germany and Italy. So I went over to teach um, master classes in Germany. And when I came back, I went back into medical sales, but then that particular studio I had did a master class had American instructors and they had usually six to eight month contract. So they, she said, hey, the other instructors leaving, would you like to go? And you know, they'll give you an apartment, you know, they'll set you up, they'll pay you. And I thought, I subletted That's my it. apartment. I actually had moved from Ohio to Pittsburgh. And I said, I don't know what, where this is going to lead me, but I know I don't want to do this. So I'll figure it out. I can always, I always had the safety net of going back into, into corporate if, the, if it didn't work out. So I went over for the six month contract and that six month contract turned into five years. <laughs> Later. That's amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That, I, that's such, that takes such courage. And, um, you know, and like you said, like you like the challenge of it and the, um, you know, and I, I mean, to be able to just uproot and move and like, I I'm amazed. I think that's so cool that, you know, um, so how did that lead into, cause you were the coach of the Munich cowboy cheerleaders. Yes. Um, yes. and so how did, how did that transition happen? I was teaching in uh, the clubs um, uh, there in Munich. And I also was a um, fitness educator for, um, they had a, a training program, a certification program for Germans at the time. And, and Italians had a separate uh, 
certification. So they were hiring American instructors to come over to teach Germans how to teach, basically. They, yeah. they did not know anything about aerobics back then. Um, so one of the ladies, um, one of my students uh, introduced me to the manager of the Munich Cowboys cheerleaders. Somehow she had heard that I was a cheerleader and she met me after class. And, and this was the tough thing because, you know, I was still trying to learn the language yeah. and German is not an easy language. So yeah. she's translating and she said, hey, I have a team here. They cheer for, because when you say football in, in Europe, it's soccer. She said, we have an American football team. The girls cheer in English. It's called the Munich Cowboys. Would you be willing to just come and um, watch the practice? And I said, sure. So arranged to go to their studio, uh, to the gym where they were practicing in. And you have to remember, I mean, shooting was, is an American sport. So they were kind of just watching videos and, you know, kind of making it up as they were going along. But I did, was impressed that they knew, knew the game. You know, they knew the game of football and they knew when to cheer and yeah. offense, defense. But when I first saw them, I thought, oh, wow, they really are green. You know, they yeah. were shaking <laughs> yeah. pyramids and stunts and jumps and, you know, but again, I love a good challenge. So I, you know, um, I said, okay, you know, I'm going to take them on. And um, I started coming to their practices and, and that's kind of how I became their coach. Oh, that's so cool. What a, what a great journey. <laughs> what I, one thing that, that when I listened to the book, um, the, a big thing came off my head because now cheerleading is going to be an Olympic sport and part of, because I'm old school and I'm like, whoa, I don't even, like, I don't ever see any national or not uh, international cheerleading mm -hmm. programs. And I was like, well, there are some, <laughs> and that's, you know, mm -hmm. like, and, and it's growing. And I think, um, you know, hopefully that's that, like bringing that progress to that. I don't, I don't like to say it that way. Cause everybody's growing as we like right, evolving right. as we go, but you know, um, I just think the international, like it's, it's, um, it's amazing how much it's growing throughout the world and, right. um, you know, to be able to bring that. So, so what were some of your biggest challenges, um, as you started to, you know, transition and, and being a new coach there, um, not speaking the language and, and all of that with your team and being green, like what were some of your biggest challenges in, in, uh, I think the, a couple of the biggest challenges were getting them to, well, one, understand the sport, um, trying to figure out who was going to be, you know, bases, flyers, and just teaching them basics, like a shoulder stand and how tight you had to be. Um, that, uh, number one, number two, conditioning. I mean, they were, they, they weren't affiliated with the school. So I had 15 youngest all the way to 21. So some of the kids were in school and then some of them were working in the job force. So um, trying to get the, you know, now remember, you know, German smoke, I think they started smoking at 12. I mean, they, <laughs> no. like, so a lot of the girls were smoking. So things that we would think about in, in America, like of course you wouldn't even think about smoking as a cheerleader. They were like, okay, we're taking a break and they're smoking. And I'm like, wait, one, how are you smoking? Two, these are the rules. No smoking yeah. at practice, no smoking in your uniform. You know, so putting down rules that were like totally unheard of here in America. So conditioning, the smoking thing, um, and just, you know, trying to work on their strength and confidence um, on, and this is what it takes to be a cheerleader or any sport. You have to practice. You got to go home and you have to learn a routine. They had none of that. They would just, you know, do their practice and then go home and then come back the next day. And then, oh, we got to do this again. So I think that's the biggest, those are some of the biggest challenges. And then I was going to school, you know, it was way before Google Translate. <laughs> so <laughs> I had the pocket dictionary. Yeah. How do you say this? And, you know, obviously I always tell people, if you want to learn a new language, live in the mm. country yeah. because you, on a daily basis, you have to navigate the stores and banks and, you know, you have to, uh, you, know, you know, learn the language. So it really helped with, um, they, they have to have English 
um, in school. So some of the girls could translate at the time, hey, this is what she's asking. And then of course my ear became really conditioned. So they could totally speak to me in German and I knew exactly uh, what they were saying. And then, you know, eventually I was able to um, communicate better as my German <laughs> got better. But those are the challenges. It's the smoking, the, the, the no lack, no fitness. Um, yeah, those are the, I, the main things. I can, I can, I'm, I'm envisioning, uh, I, as a, as a rule, it's, uh, and there are exceptions and I'm not, this is not a, every cross the board, but most teenage angst, you know, they talk about the coach and they have their little glitches, like, and, or not talk about the coach, but they have their little packs and they just have their conversations. And like, I, you can hear bits of that when you're coaching and like, mm -hmm. you, you can know when to separate, know when to step in. And I imagine that must've been hard on the, with the language wise. Right. Um, how did, how did, um, on the conditioning and the strength end, because that's a, that's a huge piece. Like I'm, passionate about injury prevention and, you know, and I think that's super important. How did that go over when you started to try and introduce conditioning and strengthening and um, get them into a solid health routine? Mm -hmm. um, I think the great thing, advantage that I had is that they were really um, happy and honored that they had an American coaching them. So they were like little sponges. They were like, okay, tell us what to do. Um, but, and I would tease them and said, you know, I'm, I'm much older and I'm in better shape and you're 15 <laughs> as they're doing, you know, circuit training and push-ups yeah. and, you know, things like that. But they complained when, when we reconnected for the book, um, uh, they said that they had, um, uh, Emma Muskakata means I had, I had always, I was always sore, <laughs> you know, they were saying we were yeah. always sore yeah. because, you know, we were, we were having to learn yeah. things that, you know, they just didn't do it as, as, as cheerleaders, um, you know, obviously the flexibility and the strength. Um, yeah. They had different things with their medical system because if they would twist their ankle, they would actually have surgery and go in and tighten the tendon or ligament, you know, which yeah. is, you know, we kind of do, you know, the rice and the taping. And, yeah. and when they would tell me, oh, I have to go and get a good surgery. I'm like, for a twisted ankle, <laughs> you know, really? Um, so just the different medical things that would, would, would happen there. I don't know if they still do that, um, but just the safety, the spotters, you know, making sure when you, when you, um, uh, making sure you never drop any, you're paying attention, yeah. those types of things. Um, I had to just constantly beat in their head. And those are huge. Those in my research in school, that's, you know, one of the biggest, and some of my research was older, but it's still, I think, relevant today in that paying attention is like the biggest driver of injury mm. not necessarily you know and i think that could be a case across the board but like you know knowing where you're at and making sure you're not tired making sure you're paying attention and you're focused on what you're doing and not having a thousand things on focus right. on that one second you know and um put that together with ability level and the strength level to be able to do that helps right. you know to reduce those injuries more so than you know right. anything um and and it can reduce a catastrophic injury right. rate, you know, hugely. So, right. um, yeah, and, I mean, and they're kids, so, you know, they're playing and joking and, you know, so if, if they wanted me to get like, uh, you know, the right. monster to come out, it's like, have a close call. You right. Know? right. I was like, no, this yeah. will not happen. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> now you, and you transitioned well, you grew with the team and, and won some national championships mm -hmm. and that's awesome. Well, they had How told me that they had a championship yeah. and I said, really? And they said, yeah. And you know, this is back in the, <laughs> the VHS days Yeah. and they bought a video. And when I saw it, I was like, oh my gosh, they're just putting on music and moving around, you know, stunning, right. shaking, yeah. 
down. Okay, yay. Now we're going to move to another stunt. You know, they dropped it. Oh, okay, let's move. And I thought, wow, that. And then they would have like music, like explicit lyrics, you know, (laughs) to my crew. But, you know, for them, it's music and it's great. And I was like, okay, I think I can put something together. And, and, you know, at that time, like, you know, everyone didn't have toe touches, you know, some people just, you know, so I had to be creative with the choreography to say, okay, how can we do a jump and put the, 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 the few girls that can do toe touches and the girls that can do just straight jumps, how can I have that illusion of everybody coming up and coming down and not, you know, everyone do a toe touch. And they also um, were complaining and laughing when we were, um, when we reconnected about how their heads were sore because they were always doing forward rolls. (laughs) So I had to be creative with the illusion of we're going to roll forward. We're going to, you know, alternate the pops. We're going to, you know, and because they didn't, their level was so low at the time. I was just like, okay, let's, we have to do, we have to have fillers, but I had to come down to their level until we went back, you know, till I got them to a certain point. Um, We did have a couple of uh, camps that they would come over to. Uh, One was at Florida State and one was University of Central Florida where they would come over and learn their material. Um, And then they would, you know, learn their cheers and chants. And then I would incorporate those into their choreography. And then they had a chance to work in, you know, real gymnastics gym. Because when I saw that we had really not so much competition, I said, you know what, we, when we walk into the room, everyone's going to be looking at us like, what are they going to do? So I made them learn how to tumble, you know, so we can do some cross. I mean, the whole team didn't tumble, but, you know, at least four or six of the girls so I can do some cross tumbling you know, that type of thing. So they really were, um, uh, except green, but it was nice to say, okay, this next one, great. We can do this cross tumble. Okay. We're going to do, you know, inside stag or Liberty. You know, I had a couple girls that were really, really great flyers. So just really, it was really fun taking the team from forward roles (laughs) to, to, um, tumbling path yeah that's yes that's cool and Mm -hmm. and in a relatively short period of time you know I mean basically you know a a high school career that got made significant changes for for them and what a huge commitment like I I know that like just taking kids to camp and like making that commitment in the summer like we're going to go to so I live in uh, Massachusetts in Central Mass and we used to go to BU for camp Austin University for Mm -hmm. camp um or even Holy Cross, which is right down the road, um, another place that they had coached, but uh, there was a camp, high school camp there too. Um, and it was like, always like trying to get them to come together as a team in the middle, you know, to, but to do that internationally and go from yeah. Germany to, to Florida. Fly over to yeah. Yeah, Florida and just yeah. the different, um, I remember when you, when you have, there's no such thing as free refills. You know, yeah. you yeah. get a yeah. second glass of, yeah. you know, <laughs> Fanta or Coke or whatever, right. you have to pay for it there. So when we go to the restaurant and they keep on filling their drinks, they were yeah. like, why are they filling? We didn't pay for this. You know, that type of thing. Or going into a store and someone coming up and saying, can I help you? And I'm like, what do they want? They keep on asking us because you don't have that. You don't, the yeah. customer service, that kind of thing that, that they're not used to. They would come to the United States and go, what is going on here? Um, so that type of thing and then learning the new 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 stunts and then yep. taking it back home so the whole cultural thing was um was very interesting i i think for them too so um uh yeah and, yeah, and you know uh, and as you know from my book every no they weren't happy that i was coming as the american coach because they knew they had an advantage and yeah, no, they, they, they were not happy. And, you know, we, we really had to come over, or, or, I, I had to come over, especially a lot of overt racism, um, not only in the Trinity community, but just day to day. You know, everyone's not happy to see Americans. Um, and, you know, I learned the whole anti-American thing too, uh, while I was there. Um, 
So it yeah, was challenge I think out I, inside. I think uh, to hear about it, especially now when there's a lot of, you know, where do we fit and where do we Americans fit in the world? Um, and I, you know, I think it was a great reminder that like, hey, like it's, there's people have different opinions and different view, you know, and racism is, is a thing across the board or it was, mm-hmm. and hopefully that's changing. And, uh, you know, um, but like, I, I just, I think it was a, I think it, the book was a, a, a good reminder for all of that, like culturally and like, yeah, you know, because you had to accept where they were at, but also encourage them to learn and grow mm-hmm. and vice versa. They, you know, they had to open eyes and, and learn and grow, too. So I think that that was uh, um, it's a good, I think the book is a good reminder of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did um, you talked a little bit about the strength training in the book and, uh, you know, in trying to just even just getting them to lift weights like I I. Um, and I think girls still to this day are afraid to, mm. you know, pick up something and, and, you know, I'm, I don't think they should pick up something heavy if they haven't been practicing picking something heavy right. up, but, you know, b- building strength and not being afraid of building muscle. Um, mm. How did that, how did, has, have you, did you find a struggle with that uh, in when you were coaching, but, and then we can transition that into like today, how, how is that? changed over the course of the years as far as where you're how you're coaching now I think that they looked at me because you know I was you know I, I I'm a mesomorph and, and I build muscle uh uh easily and they would see me and go wow you know you're uh you're so strong and you know they were talking about that when we reconnected you know we were like wow look at these muscles but just getting them to understand that that's part of cheerleading you cannot have the strength even though that person has to be tight your flyer has to be tight but you can't hold or you know in that whole understanding about the base you have to be strong um uh this and this what is what it takes is strength training and that's part of it um so again, I, I think that they just, they trusted me to say, okay, well, she says strength training is important. It's important because she knows she's a cheerleader and she's yeah. from America. Um, and I think, I mean, you could tell me this, um, uh, that they're more, it's more accepted now, you know, we have to do, you know, weights and we have to do body weight things and we have to do core training. You know, I think that it's, um, even when I was in college, I mean, I was always doing strength training and a lot of the, the, the girls that are on the team were, that were not um, back then, you know, it wasn't uh, as widely ex- as ex- accepted as it is today. Now the whole team is like, oh, you do strength training. Yeah, I think it's growing. Uh, I think it varies depending on what stage you're at. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think I, th- I think because kids are in practice so much now, like they're between, yeah. you know, all stars year round and then they mm-hmm. go into if they can go into both high school or college or you know I think that there's a struggle to get strength work in and, and we do I mean like you said before it's anaerobic it's it's all strength work and everything lifting that we do and Tom you know and just in general but I still think there's I don't know that they have time to get in the weight room you know and and mm-hmm. build the build strength mm-hmm. and beyond right. beyond that practice um, and I, I think when the cheerleaders that I work with, there's a def, a, a, a more acceptance of lifting and, or of strength training and doing, you know, core work and wanting to see their muscles and want, you know, mm. being excited about that. I think that's changed on a whole sometimes, you know, I still have a lot of women that come in and they're like, I can't, you know, I, I lift, but I just lift one pound weights. And I don't you know. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> exactly. well, you're like, you're wasting how do you pick time. up your key, tea, tea kettle, you know, like, right. So, right. Um, I, I think I have that issue. Um, I'm a triathlete and, and I train triathlete, uh, triathletes. And that is a, just like with cheerleading. They're like, well, look, I got to get swimming, biking and running in. I don't have time, you know, to get strength training in. And it's like, you know, I have to show them how to make time, you know, what to do um, while we're in tri-season, which is now, and then, you know, what to do, how to build your base um, out of tri-season. But what's happening now where people are like, okay, I get it, is the injuries. 
because we have such a repetitive uh, yeah. sport, you know, with yeah. swimming and, and, you know, they'll come to me and say, oh my gosh, you know, I have L4, L5, I have back issues. I have weak glutes. I have weak hamstrings and now I'm injured and now I'm sitting on the side, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, but what do I do? So mm -hmm. now they're getting it where it's like, you, you have to have this, you have to make time for strength training and the flexibility, you know? So it's, it's kind of interesting how I'm getting a lot more. And as a triathlete myself, you know, yeah. I know how to train um, other triathletes. So it's been interesting how many more triathletes um, from, you know, just people starting out to people that are on the world team um, are finally getting it, you know? Yeah. So that same thing with cheerleading. That's I don't have time. I got to get, you know, here's the cheerleading part. I can do that strength thing on the side or later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, that was a great transition because that was I, what I, one thing that I struggle with post-college is like, well, what do I do now for my own fitness? Like I got into coaching and I was always working out, but like, I never had a, um, a comp, like the competition end of it. Um, mm -hmm. because there wasn't adult teams and then, and now I would hurt myself if I tried to go <laughs> play with, play with an adult team. But, um, you know, and so I love that, um, cause I, I've, the idea of triathlons has been in my head. It's beyond I, for a long time, but I have never delved into that. Uh -huh. Um, come on over. So <laughs> I did, I did do one mini sprint try and that was, I, I cried at the end because I <laughs> never thought I would finish it. And it was just the most amazing feeling, you know, right. you know, so, um, how did you, so, um, leaving, leaving Germany, coming back to the States, um, and then following your fitness career, um, tell me a little bit about that, your, your transition there and your transition into doing triathlons and how okay. did you. Well, actually, I started my uh, my business fit bodies. I started in Germany. Um, I felt that there was a need for uh, personal trainers way before people were, you know, in Germany. It was like, oh, you have, you have a personal trainer if you're like an actress or actor or, you know, yeah. one, because I can't afford personal training. But two, those are the only people that need it, you know, that are on screen yeah. or what have you. And I they had a, an English magazine called Munich Bound. And I took out a classified and said, personal trainer, American personal trainer in Germany. And that's how I started. I started going to people's homes um, and doing fitness uh, training. And then I started getting the gyms to let me um, a personal train way before um, people were really doing it. I had a great student who was American, who was a PR they had a P, her and her husband, her husband was German. And I said, hey, can you help me with the logo? You know, this is what I, I want to do. I had, a, I had a translator that translated my, um, the German, my, all my contracts. Because once I learned the language, I had French and Israeli. And, you know, I had a, a, the, the, the United Nations of, of right. clients. <laughs> but, you know, of course, they're in Germany, speaking German. So, um you know, I had all my uh, liability forms and contracts written up in English and German. Um, and so I started my fit bodies training in, um, in Germany. And then, so from there, I didn't turn back. I, I went, you know, trans transitioned it back into the States as far as personal training. And I even, even had my studio. I had my own studio uh, about 4,000 square feet for about Eight years, Huge. which was yeah. a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so I made that transition, and then I was always a runner, and uh, and then I got into cycling. Actually, I got into cycling when I was still in medical sales when I um, was here, and so I started doing duathlons initially, which is just you know run bike. Now they're actually a run bike run. Yeah. And I had one of my friends who was a, a great mountain biker. I was even mountain biking back then. And she said, we should do this try thing. And, you know, I knew how to swim, but not like that. Mm -hmm. So I said, okay, let's do a try the next year. We're going to take swim lessons and, you know, get the technique down. So I'm taking these lessons and swimming. I mean, it is, that sport is just amazing. When I watched the Olympics and these people swimming, I I'm just, I mean, and I'm a swimmer now, but I'm in just in awe because they really do make it look easy. Yeah. 
And so she said, let's do this try. We were all ready. And then like two months before she said, it's too hard for me. I can't do it. (laughs) You're the one that got me into this. What do you mean? I've invested lessons, you know, where they film you and they help you with your form. And so I'm just like, well, it's too late to, to turn back for me. So I just, and this is open water swimming. Now pool is easy. And I remember I had such fear of swimming in open water. And this was a really good challenge for me to overcome that fear. And I remember my first race, they, my friends came to support me. I was the last one out the water. But when I touched land after that, I thought, oh my gosh, I'm good because I was such a good cyclist and a runner <laughs> to make right. up the time <laughs> on the back end. It was work. So that's how I got into my first one. And then I was like, okay, well now I'm going to try to not be the last one out, but just make the swim a lot easier. And to this day, I mean, I have a swim coach and, you know, I work with him twice a week and then I go to the lake and swim open water. So swimming is always, um, something I have to work on because, you know, I'm, I'm like an anchor, you know, I'm, I'm solid. I'm very dense. So technique is everything uh, on the swim. And so I've been racing. I started racing in like early two thousands. And then the last say five years has been um, tough for me because I had to have my left hip replaced. Oh, so now, you know, you're running eight minute miles off the bike (laughs) is a thing of the past, but I love the sport so much that I found a great surgeon and I was able to, you know, swim four weeks after the surgery, get back in the water, get on the stationary bike and just, just work my way back. That's incredible. That's, Mm -hmm. uh, and yeah. So like, the entire journey, I think, like being passionate and fit, working at your fitness from a very young age through get, passing that on to youth in another country um, and then continuing and finding a sport that you continue to grow in love. And especially this is a great message for anyone that's had a hip replacement or a joint replacement, whatever, don't, don't give up. Like, you mm-hmm. know, there's a lot of um, I think it's different, a little bit different on hip replacements. Now, I think they give a little bit more freedom, which 20 mm-hmm. years ago, when I started five years ago, when I started working, they're like, oh, you know, you can't do much of anything. Don't ever go sideways. Don't ever do this right. because of the hip. You're going to dislocate and all this stuff. And I think they're right. much better on surgery and realize that like, if you get stronger, you don't necessarily, you can do everything and people can get back into skiing and running and, right. you know, um, and so I think that's a, a huge reminder that what you put your mind to, you can, you can get after. And you had a a similar quote on your website about that, you know, like fitness is starts in the mind or, you know, like starts in your head. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, your, 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 your body will follow. And I think that it came from, especially with the hip, I had to do the research because people were like, Oh, here's a great surgeon. He does everyone. And then I was like, well, wait, he's doing the posterior. There's an anterior right. <laughs> that has no limitations. Yeah. You don't cut the, the minimus. You don't cut the, you don't cut yeah. the glute. Right. And so I really had to do a lot of searching on a computer. And um, there were a couple people that actually before me, um, triathletes, but they had the posterior approach. And I was like, no, this is this is old school, yeah. you know? So then, then I was like, okay, now I'm going to um, only interview anterior approach surgeons. But then a lot of them were like, don't. If I heard the word don't one more time, don't do yeah. this. So you only have 20 years. Don't run anymore. Don't. And I was like, okay. I remember one surgeon said, you only have 20 years for this. And I said, I don't know if I'm going to be here in 20 years. Yeah. Why am I going to stop doing something that I'm passionate about? And I'm a personal yeah. trainer. I need to be on my feet. So thank God, God, after the fourth surgeon I interviewed, and yes, you need to interview mm-hmm. them. And he was like, yeah, you can race. And yeah, if you want to run, I said, look, I just want to run a sprinting distance. Yes, you can but just wait four months, but no one tells you how to start back in the running program. So I invented my own program to get me back to my run. 
Um, I did a, my first race eight months post-stop and I just figured out a walk run interval Yeah, and you had to stay on the strength training, you know, rehab and anterior approach. For some reason, they don't want you to do rehab. They're like, oh, you can do anything. But what yeah. is that? Right. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> so just really doing the, 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 the rehab and just knowing, I think as an athlete, you have that like, okay, I'm on a cane now. You have your down days where you're like, how am I going to get from this to racing? But you just have to, you have to have that athletic, that strong determination, which is why I tell young um, people in my clients that have kids, I say, get your kids into a sport because it's going to teach them determination, get back up when you fall down and you have disappointment. So I think that in my life made me say, okay, I don't know how I'm going to get back to this from being on a cane, but every week I'm just going to write just a little bit further than I was the the, the week before. And that's, that is probably the biggest struggle that I see with my clients as a physical therapist, you know, and like, oh, I can't, I I can't, and I, and don't, and, you know, right. And, and, and it's fear and it's understandable. And, you know, it is hard to change to see this is where I'm at, this is where I was, this is where I'm at, this is where I want to be, but I don't know that I can ever get there in the work that it's going to take. It, right. It's work. It's a lot it's of work, work, you know, and it's the same with coaching and, with, you know, building a national championship team and getting health and healthy and fit. Like it's work. It's not gonna, it's not easy, but anything that's worthwhile is worth work too. Right. You know, right. So yeah. And with the cheerleaders, I had these signs, I would make these signs for every championship, these mantras. And one of the, the signs, the mantras was pain is only temporary, victories forever. <laughs> so that you guys are complaining, my arm, this, that, crying, you know, I'm like, when they call your name out for that, <laughs> all of that is just going to go out yeah. the window. This is what it takes to get there, you know, yeah. Yeah. whether it's cheerleading, whether it's triathlons you know, you have to put in the work and the work, okay, you're disappointed. You had a stump drop, you know, okay, but guess what? You got back up and you were able to do the pyramid. You know, that's something I taught them. Like, just don't stand there because it's not going to, you got to know where you are in the routine and jump back in and Mm -hmm. um, just really um, just know, know where you're at, even though you're going to have some disappointments. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so where is Fit Bodies now and what's your, what's the, where are they now and where, or where's your, you know, Fit Body uh, company now and what is your next couple of months, years, whatever, mm-hmm. what's the future hold for you? Um, well, <laughs> again, <laughs> once I came back and, and I had, I had my studio for um, several years and then I had just was training in, in other studios up until 2020 um, and then I, I luckily I had friends still overseas. So when COVID hit, you know, they were kind of like six months ahead of us, three months. And I had a friend in Italy. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, this is absolutely crazy. And they couldn't even go out of their house. They had to do everything inside. And I remember telling my, um, it's kind of like the storm is coming and, you know, everyone sees sun. And I'm like, we have to go online. And they're like, no, we don't. This thing's going to be over in two months. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) No. Okay. This is what I want you to get for your gym. You know, my, my seniors. Okay. This is how you FaceTime, (laughs) you know, know, the old video thing. But how am I going to do that with you there? And, and so I really, when they shut down here, I had pretty much almost everybody online, you know, I had showed them, okay, this is what we're going to do at home, you know, in the gym. Um, so I was able to transition everybody. You don't, as you know, you don't need much yeah. uh, at home. Hey, here's an extra tube and a door anchor, yeah. you know, and, um, you know, put me down on the floor, put me up, turn me, you know, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and it's tough as a coach's trainer because we're touchy, right? You want to be able to touch them. And that was like, no, okay, watch me. You know, I'm going to, you know, yeah. that's the, <laughs> been the frustrating thing about being online, um, but, um, it's been so, uh, beneficial. I'm like, we have to stay in this 
and and this is important, especially during this pandemic, um, that you stay doing some type of strength training. So, I again, everybody's still online, um, which the the blessing in the situation. I was going back and forth to the gym twice a day. I would do my six a.m. to noon, come yeah. home, go back four to eight p.m. So if it wasn't for the pandemic where I was at home, it would have really been hard for me to do the writing and yeah. editing. It was a lot. I was up 11, 12 midnight because my co-author would say, hey, we need to edit this. And I'm like, when do we need it? Tomorrow. And if I was doing that going back and forth, you know, instead of sitting in my, in my office writing, that really, really helped me get the, the book um, written. Um, so as of now, um, because I've been in this business uh, so uh, often, so long, I haven't, I don't really, you know, I'm, I'm lucky where I get a lot of referrals um, and I train, you know, I have my oldest is 82 and my youngest is in her forties, but I've been training her since she was 28 when I was getting her ready for a wedding. And now she has two kids. And <laughs> so a lot of my clients, the oldest I've been training her for 23 years. So I'm lucky that I have a, a great base okay. that stays with me. And then now it's been fun because I'm getting a lot of triathletes. So that's been fun to say, that's wow, I, I, one of my, my, she's on the, was on the world team, but she got hurt, you know, weak yeah. hamstrings. We never stretch, never strength train and she's 50. And then she's yeah. sitting on the sideline. And so now it's been fun saying, I can actually feel my glutes now and hamstrings when I bike, you know, that type of thing. Oh, I have a lot stronger pool through the water. So that's been fun um, training my triathletes and then, you know, saying, Hey, our PR in this, or I had a better, you know, bike. And so that's been fun as a triathlete to see, even though they've been in the game too, um, how strength training Enhances, enhances that sport yeah. so um so i'm continuing to do what i love uh with changing people's life whether it's a triathlete or whether it's my 80 year saying 80 year old saying hey i never could carry my groceries into the house you know and that's starting at 70 training you know right. so it's not too late to see them get excited about just functional lifestyle things is such a as you know, to improve people's quality of life is the best, um, huge. I think Michelle Obama has a quote that says, um, success isn't how much money you make. It's, it's the, what the people's lives you change. And that's what we do as, as coaches and, and, and getting there. I sent my client walk her first 5k for pancreatic cancer, you know, so that I, I'm just like, I have the best job in the world. And now I'm able to share my story at overcoming adversary, adversity, um, you know, being an author now. So yeah, that's, that's, oh, I got chills. Like I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> like I, I admire your journey the entire way. Like I think that's, um, and, and, and the, the mindset in the process, you know, because it, life is about life is adversity and there's a lot of mm-hmm. adversity that, you know, right. that everybody goes through and you can get stuck in it or you can keep moving and, and, um, you know, and grow with it and, uh, and the whole process. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, and I'm, and I'm super excited that you ha- that there's a book about cheerleading out there because there's, they're few and far between, um, and hopefully more will come, keep coming out. Um, and you know, I, so I'm excited for you and on, on that, Thank you're, you. um, it's an audible book and, um, it, your co-author is Martha, oh, Martha Hall Kelly. Kelly. Martha, I mean, she is an amazing author. I've, she's taught me a lot about writing and I've taught her a lot about charity. Yeah. <laughs> I send her YouTube videos. This is the stunt. This is a, you know, and um, so it was really fun. And as for her as well, cause she's just been writing solo. So she's, and she writes historical fiction. So when she wanted to pitch my story to um, Amazon, she says, Kathy, I write about dead people. <laughs> she said, this is going to be fun writing about someone. And she, you know, we were clients and yeah. uh, she was my, my client. And it's, you know, as you know, in a coach's role, you're a therapist also. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. she had heard a lot of my stories and she just thought, oh my gosh, I thought that was so interesting. So 
Um, Martha Kelly, you know, she has just been, you know, great at saying, I think your story is, is, is so great that I think a lot of people will benefit this. And I think, as you know, with cheerleading, I mean, we're athletes and you really yeah. have to get people to think about, oh, it's, it's cheerleading yeah. because my story can be baseball. It can be basketball. It's a coaching story. Yeah. Really. But it just yeah. happens to be cheerleading. So right. That's, um, you know, if I can encourage anyone with what I went through, especially my girls, you know, when they would be all scared to stand on shoulders, I said, I know because I was there, yeah. you know, I had to go from basing to standing and pitching and catching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I can tell you, yeah, it, it's yeah. going to get better. So just passing things that's, on. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, so the book is called the Munich Cowboys cheerleaders. It's mm-hmm. available on audible. I will post a link. Um, and, um, tell us where can people reach you? I know where did I yep. wrote it down yep. the Great, is it in, in your base. I know you're in Atlanta. I'm, I'm Atlanta. In Atlanta. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, and my website is fit hyphen bodies, B O D I E S.net. So you can find me on my social media, um, information is on my website. Perfect. Awesome. It was so nice to talk to you today, Kathy. Too, I appreciate Laura. your time and I'm excited for your book. And I'm, um, I love, I love the journey that you've been on and you inspire me. Um, thank, so you. thank you very to much get, to get, do another triathlon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get over that fear. I don't know why, I don't know why I'm afraid because I, I swam in high school, but I wasn't oh a strong gosh. swimmer. Um, I don't, and, but I don't swim now regularly. So it's, uh, and I have a, I grew up on a lake and I, oh, like, okay. so I can go in a lake. You have to get It's back. just, you know, it's putting a lot it all of together. Have that. A lot of us <laughs> yeah. weren't swimming in high school. Yeah. You know, I had to learn from, you know, I mean, I learned yeah. how to swim, but no, swimming is half the battle. So That's, you start <laughs> off with a full sprint, just like how you did. You start off yeah. with the pool and then, you know, you work your way, you, you work your work way, way up. So I'm going to check with you. I know. I, know. <laughs> I, 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 I might, I might keep, uh, I might let you do that. Okay, <laughs> so, good. Cause I need, I need, I need the challenge. Sport. I think, I think that's the thing is like, you know, we do need the challenge in life yeah. and to keep us moving and, um, keep us focused, you know, on yes. what the, you know, on something outside of just work right. nine to five. So yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you very much. Everybody have a great day. Don't forget when in doubt, breathe it out, take life one step at a time and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of move better with a cheer PT. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it so more people can learn how to embrace healthy and fun movement. If you'd like to work with me on your strong and healthy fitness journey, go to www.linktree backslash Laura Turner 5. The link is in the show notes below. That's where you can find my free guides and access all social media channels as well as book an appointment for a free discovery call to discuss your goals. Thanks for being part of our cheer team. Remember, live life without deductions and with extraordinary cheer.